from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You are listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. People on the text line trying to tell me that Crocs are back. What the hell does that mean? Woohoo! We are the Out of Bounds <laughs> Show. 105.9 The Zone ESPN. I am your host, Bo Bounds. We want to thank you for listening to the show and hanging out with us. We'll have Chip Patterson on the show at 8.30. CBS Sports, Chip Patterson, college football. Talk Rebs, SEC. What's going to happen in College Station, Texas this weekend? And what's going to happen in Dallas, Texas this weekend? Huh? You got Bama at A&M and Oklahoma and Texas in the Cotton Bowl. Hot damn, I'll take it. We are the Out of Bounds Show, brought to you by the amazing steaks at Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. Don't forget about the barbecue shrimp as an appetizer. Uh, you can dip the booby bread in there. It's fabulous. And, uh, yeah, Wendy came up with that way before everybody else, like 15 years ago. And uh, it is delicious. Uh, you can also pair it with, uh, what would you do? Let me think. How about New York strip with a side of crab meat? Oh. Medium rare. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do a little Pittsburgh in there if you want. And uh, pair it with some Wilderness Trail bourbon, which is our new bourbon on the show that we're super excited excited about. In fact, by the way, KesselPrime.com to make a reservation. Nathan McCarty's joining us because it's National Vodka Day, and you can also have a Tito's Vodka Martini with blue cheese olives um, at Kessler or any number of restaurants. But Nate Dog's coming in at 9.30 to mix a Tito's cocktail because it's National Vodka Day. And Nathan's going to Wilderness Trail Bourbon in two weeks to pick out a barrel for Briarwood. So he wants me to go, and I may do it. It's not the ideal time for me during football, but I do want to go up. When you get offered an opportunity to go pick out a barrel like we did in August with Nathan and um, the group, uh, Russell's Reserve, we did a, uh, or that was early August, right? Or late July. I don't remember. Anyway, it's running together, but it'll drop at Nate's store probably mid to late November. The uh, Russell's Reserve private barrel, we'll let you know. It'll go in 24 hours because uh, they just posted on Facebook and it's gone. But um, I'll get a bunch and we'll give a, well, you know, we'll give away maybe a bottle or two, 21 and over, all that. Uh, going into the holidays, Jason, and I'll give you one. Oh yeah, I was I was about to say if you need a sub for uh, I'm not given you one tasting. from last year. Uh, I've not gotten one. No, hold on. I I gave you a Russell's Reserve Private Barrel selection. You did bottle. not. You did not. Bull. I, I I did get the Wilderness Trail, which was delicious. Oh, and the I, rye. And I, yeah, and which I just saved. scored 97 points out of 100. Yes, exactly. Okay. And there's still like one like one sip left in the bottle, but I don't want to drink it yet because I don't want it to go. But I got you gave me a bottle of wild turkey for winning that was like part of winning the uh winning the basketball challenge. But have not gotten now, Blake's the one that totally <laughs> I can't say that word. Um 
messed you over on that. And yes. I think he enjoyed <laughs> yeah. doing it. Okay. Well, well, also, it's it's how often does that happen that an intern wins a contest? That's, that's true. That's not supposed to happen. Yeah. And you're like the most anti-basketball guy. You look like a either a football guy or a baseball. You look like you could could have been an overachieving kind of stumpy second baseman in in high school or like a uh, like a wrestling all-star. Oh, no like, doubt. Yeah. 1A, <laughs> yeah. low low classification but great at 1 or 2A rest cuz you're you're low center of gravity oh, you no like doubt. to lift weights kissing the earth and grabbing yeah. those ankles man yeah <laughs> yeah you're you're a guy that would never tap out oh no yeah. i will i'll break some limbs before i tap your back yeah <laughs> so that that's i think that's right up your alley yeah where was i going with that oh uh, well i need a bottle of that russell's okay i'm also so saying what, what what am i doing here i missed your birthday and evidently i didn't celebrate it which I apologize. When was it, by the way? June 23rd. Oh, that was right when you started. Yeah. I had was, too much going on. I was like three weeks in. <laughs> so it was, uh, and plus I, I just got a job. So I got a great job. So that's a present in itself. You okay. Know? Like, so do you want, do you want last year's bottle or this year's bottle? Well, if you don't have time for the tasting, you can tap me in coach and I'll, you know, I'll go do the tasting for you and then we can call it even. Okay. No, because I've got to fly to Louisville, Kentucky. We're not staying in Lexington this time. I don't think. I, I got to ask Nate when he comes in here. He did a wilderness trail barrel um, last year, and I got one of the bottles. I haven't opened it, which is ooh pretty cool. Yeah. And then, uh, like I said, he's going to Kentucky in two weeks to pick out another wilderness, wilderness trail private barrel selection now the three labels that i want our listeners to look for are wilderness trail weeded bourbon it is that's my go-to okay that's their number one yeah okay all right wilderness trail weeded bourbon number two wilderness trail high bourbon and number three wilderness trail straight rye whiskey which just dropped a 97 point out of 100 that's insane. Yeah. That's yeah. like, but, but see, I, I think that that's how I play basketball is 97 out of a hundred. And then I look at the stat sheet and I'm, you score two points. And, and, yeah. And I'm one for 19, but I feel like a monster out there. Yeah. No, you I, should. You're a brick machine, but, I, but you're, <laughs> you're, a, you know, you give it, you're a 110% guy, which I've always thought that was great. Yes. All right. Let's, let's talk about the giveaway. And then let's get into some hardcore sports. Maybe. Um, we know we will with Chip Patterson, CBS Sports at 8.30 as far as SEC football. And I know I am at 8.15 because I want to I go back and look at my power rankings in the SEC. And can Kentucky really hang with Georgia this weekend? I, while, I, while I admire what they are, and they are... Terrific on defense. If you can't throw the ball against Georgia, you don't have a shot. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, now I, I do give Hugh Freeze credit for what they did because they really can't throw the ball. But Hugh's just freaky as far as what he can do. 
to either win a game or or make a game close. But on National Vodka Day, here's what all we're giving away. All right. Um, two rounds of golf to Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. All right, right up the road. Two rounds of golf, hour away. Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. We're also giving away a Tito's Vodka dog bowl. Tito's Vodka dog leash. Tito's Vodka dog toy and, and a sleeve of Tito's Vodka Pro V1s. So what are we going to ask everybody to do? We're going to ask them to, one, show the love. Because Tito's talks about, you know, vodka for dog people. They love golf. So we incorporated dog stuff and golf stuff oh, yeah. into this giveaway on National Vodka Day. So just hit us up with your subscription to our YouTube channel, Out of Bounds Sports. YouTube channel, just hit hit the subscribe button. Are we gonna be we're gonna be live on YouTube at 8 30? We'll yep. be live on YouTube at not well. Maybe even more than that. That nine thirty with Nate Dog coming in the house and mixing a Tito's cocktail because it's National Vodka Day. So send us a text or tweet or I guess whatever any other platform that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel, Out of Bounds Sports. Should we go live next? We can go live next. Let's do it. We're going live next on YouTube. Search Out of Bounds Sports, and that's what we're. Isn't that a giveaway? Great giveaway. And then we'll pick Excellent. one. That's how you enter, and you could win via the Ag Up Equipment text line, Jump in and enter, and you may uh, win our Tito's prize package for National Vodka Day. Just show us that you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. Out of Bounds Sports. We're on right now. Hello, hello. I switched up the uh, studio set again. Very ambitious of me. Oh, hold on. Hang on. All right. So, for the A is on the studio set. I am cheering for um, the Atlanta Braves. I had a friend of mine, uh, Keith, with Sound and Communications, is going to the Monday game, which I'm jealous. I don't usually get jealous of stuff. We get to do pretty cool things, but I'm jealous of that. Um, he's taken um, his mom to the game on Monday, which I think is awesome. Ooh. And Braves playoff game. And, man, that, that Truist Park is wonderful. And it will be nuts for the playoffs. Did y'all see the Phillies last night? My goodness, do those people love sports? I mean, I know they're crazy. And I know they're always mad 
and they're always mad when they <laughs> when they listen to sports talk radio. We would like for you to be happy a lot of the time when you're listening to us. I know I have to I have to break it down when your coaches aren't worth a damn or your AD's not doing what he needs to do or whatever or when your players aren't. And you know, they're not immune to criticism either. It's it's a big boy game. Um SEC football. But uh, but man, Jason, I was watching last night and uh, I told you Wendy made a wonderful dinner and I cut up your jalapenos and and we we ate a few of them. I mean, they're hot. Without yeah, the yeah. seeds, they're they're better. They're not as they're not as potent. Oh yeah. But they're yeah. delicious, very fresh from your garden. Thank you. Of course. She she did a, some deer venison, some deer meat and black beans and rotel. Yum. And then we crumpled up. She buys these really good healthy chips. And and it was great. Well, I went outside and lit an Avo cigar from Spring Street Cigars and turned on the Brewers. That place was dead. No life. Really? And then I switch it over to the Phillies. Those people are nuts. <laughs> I mean, you know the Eagles fans are nuts, 76ers, whoever their hockey team is, the Flyers or whatever. Those people are, you know, we talk about fandom and fanaticism and the craziness that has happened in this state with Mississippi State and Ole Miss fans just loving their football team. And to a certain extent, basketball and definitely baseball. Oh, yeah. Um, and they've gravitated to some other sports at times. Um, and we know how much people love Friday Night Lights and Delta State sports and De- what Dion did at Jackson State, Southern Miss and their baseball. The list goes on and on. The Juco football is very important for people on Thursday nights. Philadelphia people are crazy. They're loco <laughs> as hell. I'm watching the game and I keep going. I'm, ba- I'm going back and forth because this is what I do. I-, I like to watch people, kind of the human psychology, psychologically behind sports. I mean, I love to go to a stadium and just watch a group of people. And I'm watching, I'm going back and forth. I'm like, the Phillies, every, they're on the edge of their seat for every pitch. They're going nuts. <laughs> And the Brew Crew, I'm like, where's your game, man? I mean, the Milwaukee's Park looks beautiful. Um, I think that's a beautiful part of the country outside of about four months. And it just goes to show you, man, there are certain sports towns, their DNA is insanity. On a scale of one to ten, they're 100. Yes. And Philly, New York, Boston, Pittsburgh. And, you know, they're concrete cities. They're all on top of each other. They're already in a bad mood, and then they they let everything out at their sports uh, with their teams. Yeah. And their sports talk radio. Right. That's why, you know, all they do is call in and yell. <laughs> now, yeah. who would you say Vinny, is the— Vinny, uh, Vinny and Paulie. Yeah, and, 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 you know, Mikey, and, Ra- and Ralphie, and Ralphie yo, We got to call in. We got to go. What are we doing? <laughs> Sell the team. Sell the, what are we doing? Fire everybody. <laughs> It's kind of like yeah. Mississippi State this week, right? Fire the history somebody teachers. Posted, <laughs> somebody posted and said, we got to fire Keenum. I mean, Keenum's been the most successful president in the history of the state of Mississippi, even trumping Robert Kayat, which is saying something. I mean, Aubrey Lucas did a good job at Southern Miss. I mean, there's been other good presidents. I mean, Mark Keenum, economic development, research, you know, building, everything he's done. And this guy listed like 47 people that needed to get fired. I mean, I think he was down to people who 
cut the grass at Duty Noble. Yeah. Or who, who picked the flowers? Like, my God, one, how much, I, like, it's my business. How much time does that guy have? I mean, is it off-season for CPAs? I don't know what the hell's going on. He, he's late on a progress report or something. Wow. <laughs> Somebody but, needs to give that guy a project. Anything. Um, that, that's what's so funny is that right when stuff starts going downhill, same thing with Lane, you know, last weekend, because I, people got their hopes up, like, Alabama looks beatable. We should beat them this Did year. Did you see my text line last week from Ole Miss fans? Yeah. How upset they were? Bad. Now I got, I got two of them telling me that Lane's the second coming of you know, Andy Reid, but coach go ahead. Of, coach of the year, baby. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, until you lose is, again. Yeah. Uh, who is the like Philly fans of the SEC and how can it not be LSU? It's Alabama. No, no, no. It's, it's, it, yes, LSU is up there. It's Alabama. Really? Yeah. Alabama, Alabama's, we talk, Alabama's commitment quotient is number one mm. in football. And then in yeah. basketball, it's Kentucky. Okay. I've been up there so much now. I just referenced going up there. I've been, I've been very, very blessed to make a lot of friends, to have our connections in the bourbon. And when you listen to sports talk radio up there, it's like my brain explodes. It's, it's insanity on steroids. I, I mean, they, when it comes to hoops, that, that's why you asked me this morning, Bo, does Mark Stoops have the best job in college football? Hell yes, he does. And here's what I was thinking when we were there in August and we were picking out that Russell's Reserve barrel. We went to Tony's. I've told people about Tony's. It's an amazing restaurant downtown Lexington, right steps away from Rupp Arena. I happened, we happened to get sit down, two tables, sat down, seated, two tables away from Mark Stoops. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. And my, I'm facing him. So I'm watching him with another couple. I'm thinking a donor, right? Because he's, be, he's being very nice and friendly. Okay, yeah. Which is fine. Right. All of us have somebody. Everybody answers to somebody. Of course. Okay. Of course. And I was thinking the same thing. This guy has won. He gets paid $9 million a year at Kentucky. Kentucky. To go to the Gator Bowl, which is amazing. If you can get that gig, get it. Yeah. And people are like, well, do you think Mark Stoops would like to go to Michigan State? Why would you go anywhere you know you're at kentucky you've made a fortune god knows how many deal i mean the money there compared to some of the school i mean i know a and m in texas coming in oh right in yeah Flor- right the money that especially the last 25 years in the world period but in bourbon and horse country and those people do you know how many deals he's been put in there's no telling can't imagine so he's got the one of the best gigs in college football no question. And the expectations, what you said going to the Gator Bowl, the yeah. expectations no, that's are... Like, that's the pinnacle. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, we, you know, eight and four, let's throw our hats in the and air, let's run on the street. That's the same thing at State. No, I mean, look, yeah. you win eight games, it's unbelievable. Huge. Because you're not in the ACC. Right. There, or the Big Ten or the Big 12. There, there are years where Mississippi State and Ole Miss could have won 11 games. Oh, yes. In the ACC or the Big 12. Had the talent, no doubt. Or the Pac-12. Yes. And probably 10. Well, they have done 10 in the SEC. So possibly 11 in the Big 10, depending on the year. All right, Chip Patterson, CBS Sports, on the SEC and why it's like wackadoodle this year. What in the world's going on? Coming up next.
Ah, good morning. Welcome in. Hell of a debate this morning on whether Crocs have come back in style or not. Uh, Jason got a pair um, in June for his birthday, and he's 24 years old. I don't know what that says about, and that's when we hired him is to be the executive producer of this amazing show. So maybe that was a uh, swing and miss for me. Also, Jason let me know that I didn't really recognize his birthday. And so we got to do that, even though it's October, whatever it is, third or fourth. Um, But are Crocs in style or out? My deal was, I think they're out. Now, I remember when they were in because my kids were little. They're 18 and 20 now. And, you know, when they were three and four, you you could get them on their feet real quick. And, you know, you're going, you're getting in the car, you got to go to baseball and swimming and dance and whatever else, the pool, easy. Uh, Because they weren't going to keep them on more than about, you know, a minute and a half. Then you could put them back on. Uh, Jason's trying to, Jason, you're trying to convince me that Crocs have come back in style. Oh, I don't have to try to convince you of anything. They're here. Okay. They're they're back to stay. No doubt. I mean, and look, the the text line, somebody just sent in a picture of Tito's Crocs. Ooh. All right, speaking of, it's National Vodka Day. Tito's Vodka is one of our great partners. We're giving away an unbelievable Tito's prize pack. Just show us that you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. Search Out of Bounds Sports. We're giving away two rounds of golf to Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, Azalea's Top 100 golf course right there at Golden Moon Casino, Sportsbook and Lounge. All right, two rounds of golf to Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, a Tito's Vodka Dog Bowl, Tito's Vodka Dog Leash and Toy, and a sleeve of Tito's Vodka Pro V1s. How do you enter to win, possibly win? Show us that you're subscribed to the uh, YouTube channel, our YouTube channel, Search Out of Bounds Sports. We're live right now, and we want to welcome in uh, Chip Patterson, CBS Sports, also the Cover 3 podcast. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Chip Patterson, good morning, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well. I hope you are. So, are do you live in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, or where where do you live? North Carolina. What did you say? I said North Carolina. Yeah, North, North Carolina. Car- All right, yeah. so you're in the heart of ACC country. Are you enjoying? Do we have Chip? Okay. Here. All right. Are you enjoying the fact that as as a college football guy? especially with CBS Sports. Are you enjoying the fact that the SEC looks to be down? No. Um, I am, and it was interesting because, you know, we, we do a great, um, you know, charity event with the St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital where we are, you know, auctioning off private Zoom calls before the season. And I actually got to um, do mine with the, the listener who made the charitable contribution and won that auction and, you know, one thing that I was describing to him and that I've, I've really come to learn that I need to communicate to fans is that one thing that I have found that you could argue is a flaw when I do my own self-scouting is that I hold the teams that have the rosters in place to be excellent, I hold them to a higher standard. I find myself being far more critical of a talented roster that is not playing winning football than I am with a less talented roster that's kind of floating in the middle, right? Yeah. So the fact that the SEC, which as we know from 
the way that we look at these players coming in and the way that we look at the players coming out in the NFL draft has the most talented rosters in all of football. And so I'm going to be more critical when I see a talented roster not playing winning football because your projection might be based on what you are on paper, but this game is still decided on the field, thank goodness. And so I think that people are maybe misconstruing or misinterpreting my criticisms as thinking that I am, uh, you know, all of a sudden bagging on the SEC. Instead, what I am is frustrated that a, a college football roster for differing reasons that I think it is fun to debate uh, are not living up to their potential. Okay. Uh, are we overstating that, quote, unquote, one, it's it's somewhat early, although we're almost to the midway point, Chip. Are we overstating that Georgia is down? Georgia is, da- it, Georgia is to my mind, down from the team, the standard that was set from the team that won the last two national championships. But that does not mean that Georgia is not still one of the top contenders to win the national championship. You know, I mess around with, uh, I call them on the Cover 3 podcast, my chipolytics. You know, I kind of run my own power rating system. And what I have found is since the start of the year, the top teams are coming back to the pack of like your B-plus teams, right? So you thought you had a bunch of A-plus teams, and they're looking more like A-minuses. They're still at the top of the pack, but you could say the same thing about Ohio State. I mean, we thought the Buckeyes' offense was going to burn the world down. And, like, sure, they did against Western Kentucky, but not other than that. You know, I feel like Michigan just woke up out of its preseason slumber. I mean, we're looking at uh, a Texas team that is certainly playing well to start Big 12 play, but you don't know if you can trust. I would say the same trust issues are probably there with Florida State and Penn State. So, when we're looking at it just from the Georgia perspective, if you're measuring it only against other Georgia teams, yes, that team is down. But if you're measuring it against the rest of the competition, it's still right there in the mix in the top tier for me. Okay. All right. Chip Patterson, CBS Sports, joining us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Um, is it too early for you? What do you I mean, Georgia, Bama, A&M, I still think they're they're all pretty close. I know we'll find out this weekend. Well, let's let's jump right in. Bama at A and M. Um, man, their you know their offensive defensive score, scoring efficiency is almost equal. Uh, it's in College Station. Who do you like and why this weekend? I like Alabama. I think that there's a few spots where there's um, you know Alabama is starting to find its groove and find its rhythm. It is relying on its defense through and through. You know, I get a little bit nervous. Like, I know that Evan Stewart still had a really good game against Arkansas, but we also got to see him, you know, sort of limping around a little bit. This this Aggies team, not just at the quarterback position where you've obviously made a successful transition from Kyle Pegman to Max Johnson, but there's a few other spots where I, I'm just a little bit concerned about the overall bill of health. And when we're talking about the finest of margins in a game that I do think is going to be very competitive, you know, that is something that's going to be um, grabbing my attention. The other one's going to be, you know, just trying to make sure that we're really looking at what happened last week against Arkansas, which was Arkansas just gifting a lot of short fields and easy opportunities for Texas A&M. 
So while, um, while the performance certainly felt dominant and is definitely a good sign for, you know, Texas A&M's defense to be able to absolutely feast in that spot, I am coming out of it wondering if we've got a difference between the sticker price and, and what, what's really under the hood. So I'm, I'm coming at this uh, understanding not with it is not my most confident five-star number one lock, you know, throw the mortgage on it because it is in College Station. But I think that right now we have an opportunity uh, to maybe jump on the other side of um, some Texas A&M uh, confidence with uh, the knowledge that Alabama's defense, to me, I think Alabama has the best defense in the entire country. And, you know, what do we say? If you've got that, then you're going to be able to travel into tough places and take the air out of the building. Ah, I like that. Chip Patterson, CBS Sports, on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, talking SEC football. We're trying to figure this stuff out. We always want to know all the answers before it's all played out because that's how we are. Um, okay. what uh, We're trying to, I think, maybe manufacture, but it's almost like we want Kentucky and Georgia to be close, even though the spread is around 14 and a half. And you, I think you got to throw the football against Georgia probably to to really press them, although Auburn uh, didn't, so maybe I'm contradicting myself. Um, Kentucky's defense is great. They got a running back, okay. Do you believe that Kentucky can make this a game, or do you think Georgia pulls way away in the second half? I don't think they pull way away in the second half because I just don't think we've seen that kind of explosiveness. I mean, the best thing – that Georgia has done offensively in my eyes is just put the ball in Brock Bowers' hands and let him go do the rest of the work after the catch. 79 yards after the catch, over 146 receiving yards. I mean, that's not even like airing it out there for Carson Beck. You know, Dejan Edwards is a, um, you know, a solid running back, but we don't see those like long breakaway runs that we have seen from some of these Georgia running backs in the past. You know, Lad McConkie still trying to get right I know he suited up last week, but we still haven't really seen him um, you know, announce his return in a major way. So I just don't think that – I think Georgia right now is built so that it can win games and it can you know, maintain leverage in the competition, like have the upper hand in a game. But I don't know if they're throwing one of those big blowout scores on the scoreboard, especially against a team that is built well along the lines of scrimmage like Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad you mentioned that Auburn game because this is something that is a little bit uncharacteristic. This is a Georgia defense that I think is better at the linebacker position and at the safety position than they are on the defensive line. We don't have Jalen Carter. We don't have Jordan Davis. We don't have players that are going to create this like huge havoc that just wrecks everything that an offense wants to do. They're big. They're strong. Their measurements look great, and they eat up a lot of space. But, again, that, like, next level of elite defensive line talent that, honestly, we have been spoiled uh, looking at there in Athens, I don't know if they have reached that level yet. Um, and you mentioned the Auburn game. Uh, we still got – it's early. You're right. It's early. But right now, I think Georgia's defense is better against the pass than it is against the run. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. I just, you know, that's that's weird, and that's not good going up against Ray Davis and a Kentucky offense that just said, oh, well, you can't stop this. We're going to run the same thing over and over and over again all the way to an embarrassing victory 
or embarrassing for the Gators, um, you know, there last weekend. So, you know, Georgia's defense is a little bit better against the pass than they are against the run. That's not great in this matchup. All that said, I'm not going to pick an upset because we're in Athens. We're at night. And like I mentioned, I, I still think that Georgia is a, a tier above where Kentucky is right now, even if Georgia is not playing to the standard set by the last two uh, teams. Okay. Our guests join us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. We're visiting with Chip Patterson, CBS Sports, also host of the Cover 3 podcast, talking SEC football, trying to make sense of it. Kind of doesn't make sense this year, and I like it. Uh, but we've got some good games this weekend and many more uh, in front of us. Uh, all right, so we hit a little bit of Bama A&M. And LSU's defense is awful. Although, mm-hmm. Chip, even though it doesn't look like they're going to win the West, they still could have a say-so. So having said all that, where do you think Ole Miss plays into this? As far as, because we're, we're looking at Bama and A&M. LSU right. could still ding somebody. And then we've got Ole Miss. Where do you think they play into the West? I'm first, just like a, a thought coming out of the game, you know, this is where I think as, despite the frustrations of how last year ended, despite the fact that you had to deal with the, you know, flirtations or the reporting or whatever it was going on with Auburn, when I see Ole Miss be able to um, play with confidence in one of those haywire kind of games like we had against LSU, I think that's where you actually are really thankful that you've got a coach like Lane Kiffin who you know carries himself with that kind of confidence and demeanor that I think he can translate. You know, he's not going to get really panicky when things aren't going quite well, when you're not getting enough defensive stops. You know, he might have a you know an offhanded joke or a remark to the the sideline reporter headed into halftime or after the game, but you just get the sense that he is able to really empower uh, this roster with the the confidence that they are still in this thing, not to panic. We're just going to get back at it, and we're going to go try to make the most of this possession. You know, that's one thing that, especially listening to Lane talk after the game, I was like, all right, well, I mean, this Ole Miss team is not perfect, right? I mean, you can throw the ball on this Ole Miss defense, but – you know, Jackson Dart's playing so much better. you got to give, I think, Kiffin and the offensive staff credit for that. Uh, you've got an offense that can go, you know, trade paint with basically anybody in the SEC and definitely anybody that's left on the schedule now that Alabama's uh, behind. So, really, you're dealing with a situation where you're rooting for Texas A&M, you're rooting for LSU, you're rooting for Tennessee – uh, you just need Alabama to go out there and take two conference losses to be able to climb back in this thing. But do I give Ole Miss a, a decent chance to be able to run the table in conference play the rest of the way? Yes, I do. Uh, I just think they've got – oh, never mind. they got Georgia in Athens. So, yeah, except for that one. That one's going to be a little bit problematic. Yeah. But, yeah, everybody else on the schedule, man, I just I, – I, I like what Lane Kiffin has in terms of uh, the confidence he's been able to build up within this team. Okay. So, you you still believe Bama is the front runner, and you love yeah. their defense. Um, yeah. You love what Lane's doing on offense. A&M is better. Petrino with that, well, hell, they're 70 spots higher uh, than they were last year in offensive scoring efficiency, Chip. So, that's that's obvious, right, that, that Petrino's yeah. had a, a fantastic, um, uh, super impact 
a positive impact on the team. Um, and, and man, let me tell you that A and M defensive line. Ooh. Wow. Well, yeah, that's where re- recruiting matters, right? Like Walter Nolan was a big five-star recruit that everybody was looking at and fighting over. And, and sometimes it does like not everybody is going to jump in and be a superstar right away. Right. We're not going to have a bunch of true freshmen that immediately are going to show you what uh, everybody was fighting over them for. But now we're what, like two cycles in after Nolan's commitment, He's uh, disengaging off the guard. K.J. Jefferson stepping up in the pocket. He has the IQ, the recognition, steps in to make a really big sack. Like, they – listen, Jim, Jimbo knows how to build out from the recruiting standpoint. Like, every, he is, yes, a former offensive coordinator, and all the hand-wringing has been about his offensive decision-making. But that man at Florida State and at Texas A&M, he has understood that you need to recruit dudes on the defensive line no to the football game. And it probably goes back to his time at LSU. But that that's always been the case. The reasons why Texas A&M has not been playing for SEC championships has been at other places on the field. Okay. Chip Patterson on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line, CBS Sports, talking SEC football and what could play out this weekend. Uh, what about two teams? Well, let's talk about the Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary game this weekend, 11 a.m. kick. Uh, Oklahoma, Texas, two teams that will join our league next year. And I don't know. Oklahoma kind of seems like smoking mirrors to me. Texas has at least played Bama on the road, too. Uh, I like Texas in this game. Who, who do you like in the uh, Cotton Bowl, Oklahoma, Texas, this weekend? I like Texas as well, but I do want to um, – I don't want to discount what Oklahoma is doing because we are at that point in the schedule where – um, you know, the the one rebuttal is they haven't played anybody. And Oklahoma uh, has had and will have, by the end of the season, a Charmin soft schedule. Yeah. Uh, you know, Oklahoma loses to Texas, but because they avoid so many of the good teams in the Big 12, the Sooners could get a second crack at the Longhorns in the, in the Big 12 championship game in a way that could be a major factor in the college football playoff decisions there in the first Saturday of December. But I also think that even if you have a Charmin soft schedule, how have you looked against them? And this Oklahoma team, like, they played with their food a little bit with SMU and Cincinnati made life difficult. But, man, they when they get rolling downhill, they just absolutely work you. And when I say that, I'm not just talking about the offense because Brent Venables has beefed up the defensive line, both in terms of the personnel and literally the weight of that personnel – like he is getting that team ready for the SEC, knowing that they cannot be just skinny and fast. They need to be able to be big and strong to avoid getting pushed around in the Southeastern Conference. And what we're seeing is that they're going to be able to dominate most Big 12 opponents with that stronger defensive line. Uh, and again, Dylan Gabriel in an offense that you know, when they get a little bit of pace going and the scoring gets going fast, it gets out of control really, really quickly. So I, I believe that Oklahoma is a quality team. You know, it's who you play, but also how you look against them. Would you rather have Oklahoma beaten up on worse teams, or would you rather have a team that's had a more impressive strength of schedule but struggled and not looked as consistent? So I think the Sooners are going to have a shot to be back in this. But in this game right now, it's hard not to be impressed with Texas. You know, Texas, for all the criticism that Texas has gotten, uh, falling short of expectations, 
You know, they have not been picked as the favorite to win the Big 12 at Big 12 Media Day since 2009. The people <laughs> That's hard I mean, to believe. Wow. The people the people who cover this program the closest have been saying for the last 14 years, guys, I don't know what you want. It's not there. And this year, what happened? Texas is picked to win the Big 12. This is their best shot at a national championship and living up to those expectations that everybody out on the outside has because of the state that they're in, because of being, you know, the resources and the money and and everything that's there. You know, we have always held this sort of big picture, 35,000-foot standard for Texas, but on the nitty-gritty, no one close to that program has believed they are championship-worthy until the team that they have right now. So I've been big on the Longhorns coming into the year. I thought them not being a top 10 team, I had them at number six on my personal preseason ballot in the CBS Sports 133. And I said, this is the most talented team that Texas has had in a long time. Yeah. And honestly, the microscope's on Steve Sarkeesian, who is yet to win 10 games as a head coach. And so there's a lot of stuff where we got some comeuppance on all the intangibles, but forget about intangibles, X's, O's, depth charts, this Texas team is uh, worthy of being uh, right there in the mix for the college football playoff and the national championship. I think they'll show that in the Cotton Bowl on Saturday. All right, Chip Patterson, CBS Sports. Chip, I've got one minute. Uh, We were talking about Crocs earlier in the show. Uh, Are they in? Are they out for you? Do you own a pair? If you're wearing Crocs outside of the house, I think that that is um, child to teenager behavior. If you're using them as house shoes, I think I can rock with that. I agree. I, I can, I can, yeah, I can get in line with that. All right, Chip, uh, we appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, and hopefully we'll talk soon. All right, sounds good. Y'all be well. All right, Chip Patterson. Uh, he has the podcast Cover 3, Cover 3 podcast, CBS Sports, weighing in on some SEC football. He likes the old Miss Rebels and what Lane's doing on offense and the fact that they can go get people. You know, I was thinking about that. Um, over the weekend, and some of football today is turned into sandlot football. And if you can play it, you can thrive. And that's that's kind of what Kiffin's doing. And there's nothing wrong with it. You got a QB who can run around like a madman. Yeah. And make <laughs> plays. And also what it does for Ole Miss, how many third and 11s did they convert? Three or four. Or third and 11s plus, whatever. Yeah. But, what, what The way that they have set this thing up is like Mississippi State and Arkansas, they need it to be third and four. Okay? Well, KJ's obviously dangerous, but I think y'all know where I'm going. Um, Ole Miss, it doesn't matter. It can be third and ten. You know, because Kiffin's so good at matchups and scheming, a lot of, not all the time, but a lot of times somebody's going to be open. Now, they got to do it against a good defense. I get it. True, I've yeah, heard about true. me giving them praise the last two days, and people are like, Alabama shut them down, and they did. So they've got a, they got two more good defenses, A&M and Georgia, and those dudes can play. Okay? Arkansas can't play defense. Mississippi State can't play defense. Vandy can't play defense, and La Monroe can't play defense. Now, Auburn played some pretty damn good defense. But A&M and Georgia can definitely play it. And Auburn's pretty good. But I look at the game today, there's a lot of Sandlot football. And if you can play it, you got a shot to win.